You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, I'm Avram Kivilevich, and this is Who We've Lost During Corona. It's not a pleasant program to do ever. Uh, normally, uh, we've had hespedim of people that are, can definitely be called G'dayle Oilam, G'dayle Yisrael, Poiskim, Mufalkim. I thought this week, considering uh, a, a loss that occurred uh, to the Torah world, to the greater educational world, um, and that was uh, that it would be important to speak about uh, the life and what we're we have now missing with the patira of Harav Sheftel, uh, Mayor Newberger, who was nifter last week. Um, I, I've asked uh, someone who knew Rabbi Newberger well, uh, who was like I was a, a person who had gone to the yeshiva that he was so connected to, Daner Yisrael, that eventually he was the president of the Nossi of the Menalov, and that's Rabbi Elisha Paul, who uh, we've come, become good friends through Zoom. Uh, Rabbi Paul is the head of school of the Adderstone uh, Hebrew Academy in Charleston, South Carolina. And much more than just a head of school there, he is a person with a lot of strong and important opinions about education and what educate Jewish education has meant in the United States. And in that sense, Rabbi Sheftel Neuberger was very important in that role, especially uh, as the leader of Near Israel and beyond. Um, Rabbi Sheftel, anyone in Near Israel would tell you um, Bahrim families, alumni made it uh, a special effort uh, over years and years to try and be in Neri Yisrael uh, for Yomim Neroim. And one of the big attractions was Reb Sheftel's booming voice as a chazan, his larger physically and, and spiritually uh, larger than life presence. Um, you really were swept away into another world of, uh, you felt the raw power of his voice in uh, Kavana, in the tefillah, and that kind of symbolized the she'ifas of everyone in the room, and it kind of was the spiritual lightning rod for that energy to be uh, transformed into, into uh, Avodah Hashem through tefillah. Um, he was very well known for his... Uh, his beautiful voice, his powerful voice, his chazanus, and his leadership. And then as his father slowly weakened and uh, couldn't keep the, the Iron Man pace that he had kept most of his life, Rav Sheftel was taken under his father's wing to become his Yoshev, you know, um, you know his right-hand person that would help him uh, with, with different projects uh, on the lay leadership side in, in the yeshiva and in the community and in the nation at large. The Newburgers were, were known for that. And they were the um, lay leadership side of the uh, partnership between Rev, Rev Newberger Sr. and Rev Ruderman Zatzal, who was the Rosh Yeshiva, his brother-in-law. And you had the spiritual leader and the, the physical leader, for lack of better words, who were... Uh, yeah. Joined at the hip in synergy to advance Nehusral and, and and grow it. They so built sort the of, campus, sort of, and things yeah, like sort that, of, very yes. very powerfully. Yeah, yeah, I'm sort of interrupting again, but we of course we in our history, Rabbi Paul. Of course, you're aware we have Ezra and Nehemiah. We have this incredible tandem of people of of, of such talent. I, I think that you know when I was in Nehusral, 
Um, I was just in the high school, and I think you were in the uh, Bix Medrash. But um, you know, there was a uh, a sense that, of course, Rabbi Newberger uh, was almost beyond us. We knew that somehow he was this powerful. We used to call him the Godfather, I think, because mm. we knew he was the this powerful presence who really ran the show. And 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 it was really much more than just running the show in 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 the yeshiva. It, what we discovered, and I discovered as I was uh, becoming more older and finding more out about him, that his hands were everywhere. He wasn't just about building an institution and, okay, I've set up my brother-in-law, the great Rosh Hashiva and great Lamdan um, of Slobodka as the Rosh Hashiva, and I'm helping him get uh, people and, and helping the physical uh, plant of the yeshiva. I'm also, in a way, reaching out towards other schools, other places, I think most famously, uh, Rabbi Neuberger, Zohar uh, Nuh Sr., was the sort of almost um, uh, cloak and dagger work that he did to get into Iran as things were crumbling yes. there and really open a pipeline that was Hatzolus Nefosh Mamish, right? Saving these people, saving a whole generation. Uh, and many of them, of course, became great leaders of B'nai Teira. I would say, especially even the Los Angeles community, which uh, ended up getting a, a, a beautiful flowering Persian community. I think they all could be mishtachave and be moide to what Rabbi Herman Neuberger uh, was able to do, right? That was yes, a, and Ner Yisrael was, they were pioneers in the sense that they felt an achrayas, not just for themselves, but for the community and the communities of Jews around the world. They always sent out uh, Talmidim to be Rabbanim and Mechanchim. They helped not just the Jews in Iran, the Jews in Russia, the Jews in South America, the Jews all over the world, you know, they were so smart. How did I, how did I originally end up in Chinuch? Rabbi Neuberger and the, the different people that were trying to get Russian boys to come in uh, to America to study. They realized the sociological reality. Once an immigrant comes, a Jewish family comes to America, it's too late to get them involved in Judaism. You have to get them involved in Judaism before they get here. So what they did was they set up summer camps in Tashkent and Tbilisi and and different places in the former Soviet Union so that they would have connection to the yeshiva guys before they got to America. And the same thing in Iran, they, they, they developed the entire pipeline before they got to America. In South America, they sent people down to meet in the communities and they would both house them, feed them and, and teach them how to be B'nai Torah on campus. But they also sent them back out as Rabbanim trained to go back and, and give back to their own communities. And it was an achrayas for Klal Yisrael that really Reb Sheftel continued. And um, it was uh, really uh, a mom Sheikh Darko of, of his father. They uh, also uh, had a balance, uh, 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 yeah. I must say, between being responsible for the business and also the personal needs of families. I know a Chaver who he just didn't have money and he was couldn't take. He says, so normally even the Rav Nugger would say, yeah, take out a loan. For him, he was going into Chinuch. He says, don't worry, we'll figure out how your tuition will work because he couldn't do it anymore. And I know the the article that Rabbi Fran wrote was mentioned before that, um, you know, we had a lot of questions in the Jewish education community. Should we keep the money for tuition because we have no income now and the rebbeim need to be paid and the donor base is iffy? 
or do we give back some of that to the families? And that balance of the personal concern for each Bachar and family with the concern for the Mossad, the business and the personal side was the hallmark of Sheftel in the way he ran things. And I think he learned that from his father, uh, Herman Neuberger. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think, you know, we didn't start recording until after we were talking about that article. And I just, for the people who are going to be listening that we hope here, uh, this was just recently during COVID, Rav Sheftel, despite the fact that he was already battling cancer for a while, uh, lion-like insisted, unlike many, many other mostas and yeshivas, that they were going to throw back tuition money to parents who uh, who were in desperate need of it because yeah. the yeshiva wasn't able really to serve them according to the way the monies w- w- were spent. I know, of course, I know my parents had to go through in order to try to afford to send my brother and myself there. It's It was a pretty penny. And Rav Sheftel understood that, that since these boys, I think, were not in the dormitory during that time, they were being sent home. They weren't making use of the facilities and the food. He understood the Yashras, which, which even though it might have been with Nimishura Sadin, to actually throw the money back, to give the money back, not throw the money back, but to refund the money. And that was I something... will say that they're a throwback to the generation when um, doing good was more important than looking good. I'm sorry to say I'm afraid we might be coming to a transition point when looking good is equal or even more important than doing good. The Alter, you know, Tom of Negusral in Baltimore, Rabbi Newberger and Rabbi Ruderman and Rabbi Weinberg, Alvashalom, it was all about doing good rather than looking good. Even though there was a price to pay and there was a consequence, you'd have to figure out how are you going to raise that money. But the right thing to do, if you do the right thing, is a simon bracha. Um, I, I would just add one other thing again, and, and a lot of it is probably my own um, prejudices based on my experiences. But we, we all knew Rabbi Newberger, and, and I heard him daven for the Ahmed as well. He was actually the Baal of, um, of, of, of uh, Kol Nidre. And of yep. course, Rav Shepto was Musaf and uh, Ni'ila. And uh, you're correct how much those tefillahs meant. But it, to me, what I was so surprised, because like, I had heard Chazanim before, but I had never heard a Chazan actually with his chazonis and power put everybody together with him to the point that it wasn't just this great, powerful, booming voice leading, but everyone was singing along with him. And yeah. Rav was sort of like holding the flag of Yira and Ava and Tahara together. That was something that was incredible. And, and you knew that. And this is really my second point. I knew Rabbi Neuberger as austere and serious I used to see him sometimes in the office and walking in the street, and he would nod. But Rav Shefto, and maybe Rav Neuberger was like this as well once you got to know him, Rav Shefto was incredibly gregarious, incredibly yep. friendly. I was, again, when I came to Ner Yisrael, I was a very small 13-year-old boy. And Rav Shefto, that was, I think, his first year giving uh, Shear was that year. He was um, he was giving the... Uh, uh, the highest year together with Rav Heinemann in the high school. And he went out of his way uh, to talk to me uh, consistently. And uh, it might have been either my, my first or second year, but but he was so open, so friendly. And he would say, no, what do you have to say? You have a Kiddush there? And he could tell he, he had an incredible eye to see what a person, anticipating what a person wanted to talk about. I, yeah. I probably spent... 
uh, and I, as this insignificant nobody that I was, I probably spent uh, four or five hours walking with Rav Sheftel uh, around the campus, just venting and talking and hearing from him. So, so, so I, I don't know if, again, Rabbi Newberger Singer might have also had this incredible, loving, giving personality. But, but I think in that way, Rav Sheftel really brought maybe something maybe even different to the table. Um, all his father's yeah. recognition of how important service was, but he also did it. In other words, he he sort of weakened the yekish screws that his father had. Yeah. His father his father had a certain reserve, which Rav Sheftel, you know, he, he didn't lose his dignity, but he definitely showed you that he could be one of you. And um, well, I think he inherited both the gifts of his father and his mother. You know, they they were it was a different generation and 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 it, he was american he wasn't european right true but i think we've got a lot of american uh, introverts Rav Sheftel was <laughs> definitely not that Rav yes. Sheftel was uh in, in in many ways again i i'm saying this from my own prejudice because he represented the real power of the yeshiva he was able to shatter the little box that the mechina was the high school was sometimes operating in. You know, yes. we have an idea that in order to, to, and you, you of course know this as educator, many people think, well, we've got to give them the rules. We got to drill the rules into them. We, they've got to conform and be in this box. And, and of course, kids at that age bristle at that. When I was able to approach Rav Sheftel, I had the impression I was going beyond. I was able to actually see things in reality, not this little box of the Mechina that, 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 that you know, Rabbi Tenler and others had crafted. He was someone who, when you spoke to him, you said, now you're getting the real story. And I think that was something that, that, uh, that was a freshness and a, a, yeah. a, a great power. And I'm sure I was by far the, not the only person who, 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 uh, who experienced that. I would assume everyone who came into his orbit really felt like they were the only person in the room. Um, let me ask you another thing about Rav Sheftel that I found interesting when I was reading up before we started our conversation. I, I, I know Rabbi Newberger was 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 very new people in Washington and, and was behind the scenes making calls and arranging things. I mean, all those stories have come out. And I know Rav Sheftel probably had his father's Rolodex. But what I also found interesting, which I don't know if his father did, was he became a public, uh, I wouldn't call it a megaphone, although his voice was like that, about what what people should do politically, right? He would he yes. would advise, which, which which is you know, and you didn't. Oh, he feel, would give lists of people to vote for, right? Which is you know, and you hear, of course, you know, uh, there have been rabbanim that have been that have been criticized uh, for you know stridently supporting uh, Donald Trump or, or 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 Biden in the last election, but 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 of Sheftel, he he understood politics was local, and he actually knew a hundred percent, although he was in the yeshiva, he knew Clor, who in Pikesville and who in Baltimore County, which judge, and and and, and he gave direction to to thousands and thousands of people about uh, from his political savvy. Yep. I think that I think that's I think that's pretty uh, unmatched. You know, it's one thing to get out there and say, "Well, Trump likes Israel. Let's all vote for him." It's another thing to say uh, to know. You know that that is the German um, 
tradition of shtadlanus that's been lost. It used to be that the big Talmud Chacham was the one to go interface with the the the, the melucha. You know, the, in, in Lvov, the Ramer Shapiro was a member of the Polish parliament, as was the Reisha Rav, the, the Rev Lewin. They, they weren't um, completely detached from the governmental authorities, as, as were Gedolim all throughout history. We've now become very circle of wagons and cloistered, but the Stadlanis of uh, Rabbi Neuberger was a very, he didn't invent it. That was a long Mesora of Gedolim throughout history. Right, but d- done in a way that was not, you know, behind the scenes. Very quiet. Uh, knowing exactly, and, and being able to operate with the double truth. And on one hand, you know, they might be saying something publicly, but we knew Rabbi Neuberger Sr. was the person who could almost get anything done. He knew the right numbers to call. I don't know if he knew where the skeletons were buried, but he definitely was somebody that, that, that was so powerful. And I assume that he was moister the Torah over uh, to his son, Rav Sheftel. Um, and, 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 you know, because looking at it now, at the time, you know, we in the high school, we would rate all the rebellion and we would say, oh, why didn't, you know, he didn't continue. Like the year after he was the high school rebbe, then he was at the first year base medish rebbe. And, and, and I guess part of the question might be, um, you know, was the world served better by him, uh, you know, taking that role or could he, you know, did he, did he fail in terms of not being the mono, a teacher in, in, in the yeshiva in a consistent way as a Rebbe? Well, I think the Neuberger siblings have done a great job in dividing up the, you know, the Yerusha of the Kochos of their, you know, uh, family into, you know, Rav Ezra does the Kolel and Rav Shragi is kind of the spiritual counselor. And, and, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a remarkable synergy between the siblings and the family. And recognizing where your kochas are, what, what I, yep. I guess what I was trying to say is, I think Rav Shefta was too big to be boxed in to be a first yes, year to be a first year base medrash rebbe. But I can tell you, when I attended a um, an alumni dinner or an alumni event, the chevra were around him with as much dveikus as you would be to any rebbe, and yep. despite the fact that you didn't hear uh, the asodas of the ktsayis and the sivas from him. But uh, you knew he could take it out of his pocket, and you knew he could do more for you. Um, did he ever? Did he ever? Did you ever have a, a situation, Rabbi Paul, where he gave you specific advice or specific ideas about anything that you can share with us? Well, only only indirect. I'd say recently, the one of the first um, weddings that was done was uh, a former Talmud of mine, uh, who was a Yasum from Seattle who um, ended up going to Neri Yisrael for base medrash. And he ended up marrying into Rabbi Tendler's family, the Adim. And uh, Rabbi Neuberger was just recovering, I believe, from COVID at the time and still under treatment for his illness. Um, he made it his job to go. The only person came out from this kid's family from that side. It was all like the Neri Yisrael Tendler family. The only real people were a few relatives. I was like the only old friend, my wife, my wife and myself, and the mother. He was a, he was a yasum. He made sure that he was there helping Masader and helping do the brachos under the chuppah and being uh, almost mishamish, making sure that the trains were moving, that he had a chefza of a chasana, and you could tell he was fatigued doing it. And, and it was a, a labor for him, but it was a labor of love. And I think they, um, 
you know, they didn't mind being tired for the sake of, uh, of mitzvot. And that was kind of the uh, interactions I always saw with him. I'll just share one thing that uh, my, one of my more recent interactions with Rav Sheftel, um was that uh, I approached him about my you know, financial situation, what I could do. And he asked to, that I should send him my resume. And uh, immediately he gave me a response. Uh, and he was going to try to help me find a position uh, in an area that I've worked in, which is Dionis, because I'd worked for the CRC and the Dion on the Besden of America. And he was, um, you know, talking with me and strategizing with me <clears throat> the best way uh, that that could happen and the best way that that could occur. And, and, and again, I hadn't had connections with him for, for, for decades. And immediately when he saw me, he said, send me your resume. And with others, you can't even get them to answer the phone. And here he was not right. only looking over my resume, but also making suggestions and telling me what he could do in order to facilitate those things. And he was right in terms of being able to, to figure out, you know, he wasn't stuck in this nostalgic past of this little kid that he used to schmooze with walking around near Israel. He understood where, what I had accomplished, what, where I was at. And he was able to make, to give very mature, important advice. I find when a lot of times when you go back to your old Rebbeim, you almost devolve into Kindersprach, right? You know, it, it becomes yeah. almost like a nostalgic love fest. And but but they can't really talk to you about where you are now. The the relationship is stuck in the in the in the sweet memories of the past. Rav Sheptel yeah. understood. Yes, he he had sensitivity to people from where he knew them, but he also had a very mature understanding of where a person was and what made sense for them now. And and, and those are yeah. gifts which which are unfortunately very, very uncommon. And, and, and that way it is really a, you know, really a, a, a great loss. And, 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 and I think we need to do more in terms of helping tell a story. Let's talk about, um, no, to end on, and let's say, uh, we want to offer Nechomas to the, uh, the Weinberg and Neuberger and uh, families. Uh, they should know no more Tsar and Mir Tashem. We should come out of this uh, and be able um, to extol their greatness and, and not have to add any more names uh, to the people that we've lost during COVID. Thank you, Rabbi Paul, and be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.